ready for the word this morning? Oh, Father, we bring ourselves under your word today. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, under your word. And I thank you that it's your word that lifts, lifts us up for us to see different. And as we see different, we believe different. As we believe different, we live different. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, direct us today, correct us today, inspire us today. Have your way through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, with everything that's going on in our, our world today, and I'm not going to labor on things that are happening in our world today. You know, there's a, just a scripture that just was, I was reminded of this morning in Psalms 43, verse 5. It says, why are thou cast down, O my soul? And then it says, why are you disquieted in me? And then this next phrase was hope in God. Why are you cast down? I have nothing to be cast down about. There's nothing. And you know, you have to, we, have to, we have to remember, one, the, the word that the Lord's continually given us throughout this year. Even before you know, COVID happened. And all the things that have happened in our nation. You know, what, what did the word the Lord gave us? You know, Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what are, are you experiencing confusion right now? Well, if you are, then that means you're living, you're living with the wrong mindset. If you're overwhelmed right now, or you're perplexed, you're angry, you're hurt, you have any area, it doesn't matter what it is in your life, that the fact comes down to as a believer, the only way that I'm going to live in life and peace, if I settle my heart, that I'm going to be spiritually minded. See, we have to be spiritually minded. When we talk about the blessing, it's not just a cute Christian phrase we use, but it's being spiritually minded about our, my situation, about my life, what I'm walking in, what I'm going through. I'm knowing that God is on my side. If I know God's on my side, why would my soul be cast down? Why would I be upset about anything? Why? Because God is on my side. Whom shall I fear? J David said, though a host encamps about me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired and that will I seek after. So if you are confused, you're overwhelmed, you're hurt in any way, means you're looking at things from the wrong perspective. You're being carnally minded. But when I'm spiritually minded, it allows life and peace to flow in my life. I wrote this quote down by Smith Wigglesworth and I said it last week, but you know, this is my sermon this week, so I'll say it again. It says, God has privileged us in Christ Jesus to live above the ordinary human plane of life. Those who want to be ordinary and live on a lower plane of life can do so. But as for me, I will not. So, I mean, you can, you can live in this being oppressed or live being, being confused and overwhelmed, but not me. I, I, I live on a whole nother level. That's right. Amen. Am I saying I'm better than you? No. Now, the point is, is I live with a, I have to live with a biblical perspective. I have to live with a biblical perspective. Another thing that, that we, the, you know, just a month ago when Dr. Savell released a word into us as a church body, you know, there were some things that he said in this word, and I'm going to take the time to read this because I believe it's important and we'll pick out some things that I believe what we need to focus on. And it says this, a new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness 
come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I plan, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Now listen to this. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun and I plan marvelous things for 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Now listen to this. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Tell my people. Now listen to this. They'll need to remain strong and stay close to me. So they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary, now listen to this, contrary to what you'll see and what you'll hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance overflow, that's my plan and it shall be so. Now you see this theme throughout this. This is over a month ago that, that the Lord spoke this through Dr. Savell. What, what keeping our eyes looking up, right? That's being spiritually minded. So no matter what's going on, we have to be spiritually minded. And then he said this, he, he said a great shaking and a great shifting and a great displacing will take place in your nation. This, 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 a shifting, a shaking and a great shifting and a great displacing will take place in your nation. But then it says, and then immediately following, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. So, so what are we, what are, no matter what's happening and what we're seeing going on, what we have to do is we have to have the right mindset. We have to be spiritually minded. So here in the Bible says, take, take the prophetic words, take the word that, and all these things line up with scripture. So it's not like this is something that's far out. This is script. There, you can find scriptures to support every single one of these statements. So we have to be spiritually minded. That's where life and peace flows. So let's keep our eyes on him and not be moved to the left hand or the right. But look at Proverbs 4 says, look straight on with fixed purpose, with fixed purpose, meaning nothing, nothing that happens in my life, in my family, in my world that that takes God by surprise. But what I, I look on with fixed purpose, fixed purpose, fixed purpose. So we have to be spiritually minded. I want to continue on what I've been dealing with in the day of his power. And that flowed out of a, a series I did on revival. And now we're talking about in the day of his power. And that's that, uh, that sermon, this series comes from Psalm chapter 110 verses one through three. And I'm not going to, we're not going to turn there it's just for the sake of time. But in verse three, it says that my people, my people will be willing 
in the day of thy power. Now say that with me. My people will be willing in the day of thy power. The Amplified says that my people will offer themselves willingly in the day of his power. Now, this is not something that we're waiting for someday to come. We have to understand, if you look at the first two verses, it all talks about, he says, say to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies be a footstool. Well, we know that that's already happened, right? Who's sitting at the right hand of the Father? Jesus. So we know that we are in the day of his power. So in the day of his power, he said, my people will offer themselves willingly. That word willing there, we defined as being prompt for military service. It means to be ready. And, and remember how I dealt with about, about being, being um, you know, that the enemy to being uh, willing, the enemy to doing what God's called us to be is complacency. Meaning we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. We're ready to be obedient. We're ready to do exactly what God is telling us to do. My people will be willing in the day of thy power. We also saw in Second Chronicles chapter 7 where he said, he said, you know, that my people. He said, he goes, if my people would humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their ways. He says, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So it's something about us being his people. See, it's not waiting on God to do something, but it's about his people taking a position in a place. He said, thy people will be willing. And he said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face, then I would hear from heaven. And then it says, I would heal your land. So it's something about, there's something within these people. It's something that within these people that, that if we look at it, that each one of us, you are a container that holds something. You are a container. If you are born again and filled with the spirit of God, you are a vessel. You are an instrument that holds you, you, you hold the very life of God in the very presence of God. You are a vessel. You are an instrument. And he said, if these, if, if my people see, it's, it's my, if my people do this, then this will happen. See, it's not what God waiting on God to assume is, but, but it's about the people taking their place. It's about the, my people taking their position in God. Back in 1999, I was in Bible school and we, we were about to take a break and Dr. Savell ministered a series and uh, right before we left for, um, for our Christmas break. And in part of that series that he had done, he called it vessels of honor, honor and instruments of revival. And, and I remember he made this statement. He, and I wrote it down. He said, he said, we will never be instruments of revival if closer communion doesn't become a priority. We will never be instruments of revival if closer communion doesn't become a priority. You know, one of the words that we saw in this prophetic word, it says, tell my people they need to remain strong and stay close to me. Tell my people this. To remain strong and stay close to me. Can you say that with me? Remain strong and stay close to me. So this coming close to God is a is a priority that we need to make. Seven, four, second Chronicles 714, if my people 
humble themselves and what seek my face. So this is a priority. If we're going to be instruments of revival, then this closer communion has to be a priority. I'm just doing some review. Okay. So, so, so understanding, you know, that this closer communion Romans, we saw last week, Romans 12 says, present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto what God. I'm presenting my bodies, all that I am, my, my emotions, my will, my choices, my decisions, my physical body, everything that I have, my finances. I'm presenting my bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. I'm not, I'm not bringing my sacrifice unto the four walls of the church. I'm not, no, I'm bringing my life unto God. I'm, this is unto God. And, and this is that closer communion. So if we're going to have this closer communion, it's going to take a shift in our priorities. I, I'm going to have to prioritize my life a little bit differently. You know, we, we see this throughout the word. I, I think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, all that are heavy laden and burdened. What? Come unto me. Meaning, if, if I'm heavy burdened, then, then if I want that burden lifted, if I want that burden taken off, then there has to be a shift in my priority. Meaning, I've got to come. See, if I'm, if I'm going this direction and I'm burdened and heavy laden and I don't want that anymore in my life, Deborah, then what I know, I need to shift my priorities, right? And I need to come unto him. I need to come unto him. So if we're going to be these instruments of revival, then closer communion has to be a priority. And another thing that we saw was that when we shift our priorities, it will cause the supernatural to flow in our life. We saw this in James 4, 8. He says, if you draw near to me, he says, he, he draws near. Man, so if I shift my priority, he draws near. And this isn't just any he. This is him. Capital H, capital I, capital M. This, this is the creator. This is my provider. This is my strengthener. This is my, this is, this is my healer. This is my righteousness. This is wisdom. When I draw, if, if I shift my priorities and I draw near to him, then what he draw near, draws near to me. Jesus told the disciples, he goes, when you go into your, when you go into, he goes, don't give like, like the, like the hypocrites do, but what, what go into your closet, go into your closet. When you, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites do, but, but when you pray, go into your secret place. And this is what you say. And the father who sees in secret will what reward you openly. That means what, what I make a priority in my private life, God will do in my public life. What I do in private, God will manifest in public. See, my prayer time coming to church is not about my, my production or my performance. It's personal. It's personal. Let's go to Psalms 91. That's enough review, so we'll... Psalms 91... Verse one says, he that dwells 
in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells. So if you dwell somewhere, you live somewhere. In the King James, this word ends in a TH, so it doesn't just mean to sound spiritual. But dwelleth, it just means it's perpetual. When you add TH to it, and then the King James, just means it's repetitive. I, dwell, I live here, and, and I don't leave here. He that, it's, this is, he that doesn't, it's not he that visits the secret place. It's not he that shows up every now and then. It's not he that goes there on Sunday. It's he that dwell, dwelleth in the secret place. It's he that lives, continually to live in the secret place. You know, it's a secret place. So in order to get there, you must know how to get there. In the order to get there, you must know someone because it's a secret, Walter. It's a secret place. And what this denotes to us in the, I believe, in the original connotation of its writing, it is, it is a place that's been set apart, particularly for a group of people. It's like, you know, if you had a, a, you were a kid and you had, you made your little fort and you had the secret knock. Well, the only people that had the, knew the secret knock were the people that knew the secret knock. So you had to know someone that knew someone. See, it had, and see, I, I want when I'm communicating this, I don't want you to understand that it's hard to get there. What I want you to see is that it's a been, it's been a place that's set apart for you. The question is, are you showing up there? He that lives in the secret place or he who lives in this place that's been appointed for you. He that lives in this place that's been set apart just for you, Cassie. Just for you, Dave. Just for you, Taquana. Just for you. He that lives in the secret place shall abide. Well, this is the secret place. Of the most high. Of the most high. So so this place even labels whose this place is. It's the most high's place. It's the most high's place. It's he that dwells in the secret place of the most high. What happens? So when he's in this place, what is he doing? Where when I'm when I'm living in this place, Joseph, I'm I'm also in I'm I'm in that place. Where I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. So when I take my place, I'm not just taking my position, but all of a sudden now I understand that there I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, when you take that place, you are in the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. That word abide there means to sit down and remain. So we can read it this way. He that lives in the secret place of the Most High shall sit down and remain under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's take it a step further. He that lives in the secret place of the Most High shall sit down and remain under the shadow of the one in whom nothing is impossible. The word almighty there, I believe is probably El Shaddai. 
Meaning I'm in a, when I take this place and I make coming to him a priority in my life, I'm positioning myself to sit in the shadow of the one who is more than enough. But see, what, what is it? I have to shift my priorities to get there. So when I shift my priorities to dwell in the secret place, what am I doing? I'm opening up. I'm opening myself up to supernatural possibilities. I'm opening myself up to all that God has for my life. But I have to bring myself unto God. I've got to make coming to God in close communion with God a priority in my life. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. One thing you have to see about the scripture, and I'm going to read a little notation in the bottom of my Bible in the Amplified. It says, the rich promise of this whole chapter are dependent upon one, one's meeting exactly the conditions of the first two verses. You know, we talk long life, I'll satisfy you. Under the shadow of your wings. And we can compare all the blessings and the protection and all these things we can declare. But the first two, every, all those depended upon the first two verses. So, so often we want what God has, but are we positioned to receive? Are we positioned to receive? If you draw near to him, he, he Draws near to us. See, I'm in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I can see my my shadow right here. Hallelujah. Joseph, come here real quick. Now, turn around and face that direction. You see, like right now, Joseph, look down. You, you see that? What am I doing? Okay, what, what's that? Four fingers? See? I do a, a animal there. <laughs> you see, he can't see me, but he knows something's there. He he can't he can't see the the phys, my physical body, but he knows something's there. See, so he can see a presence. Without seeing the physical. See, and as people of faith, we don't, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not about, about what I'm seeing God do in my life. It's about me knowing what God does in my life. See, if I live in the secret place of the most high, I shall sit down and remain in the presence of him whom nothing is impossible. Thank you, Joseph. And it's impossible in my 27 years, going on 28 years of serving God, I can testify to the fact that it's impossible to come into his presence and not be changed. Now, the question is, if I, if I, I may leave that place and not make any adjustments and my life remain the same. But the question is, is being in that place and allowing that personal relationship to change me from the inside out. You see, it's impossible to be connected to something and not let it affect you. 
That's why, that's why what you listen to is so important. What you're watching is so important. And people say, oh, well, that's, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. Oh, you're just being super spiritual. And, you know, back in the 80s, they did that reverse thing with the records and, and you know, backmasking and all that thing. And you're just, you know, they burned the records and all these things. Please hear, hear me. The, 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 it's not about the, the religious aspect of it, but it's an understanding that what I put in my ears and what important I put in my eyes is what shapes my life. It shapes my life and you can argue all day long, but, 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 but your life is a fruit to what you've meditated on. Your life is a fruit to what you've sat in the presence of. So you can argue all day long where you're just being this and you're just being that. No, you're being deceived. You're being deceived. Well, I just like that. I just like that. Well, how do you keep liking failing? Oh, well, 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 Pastor, you're being strong. Yeah, because I care about your soul. And I care about where we're going as a nation, where we're going as a people, because I want the greatest outpouring that we've ever seen. See, it's impossible. He that comes to God, he that draws near to God, he he that draws nigh to God, God will draw near to him. So if I draw near to him, it's impossible for me not to be affected by him. You know, Jesus said, actually John the Baptist said, he said, there's one coming. He goes, I'm baptizing, I'm baptizing with water. I'm immersing you with water, but there's one coming. He, he talks about whose shoes I can't even, I can't even latch. There's this one coming. And so when he comes, he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Meaning when you get near this guy, when you get near him, you get near, you get near this guy, you get near this one that's coming. He's going to bap, he's going to immerse you. He's going to immerse you in Holy Ghost and fire. So when I get, if you get close to Jesus, see the, the disciples, what Jesus sent the gift of the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost. And what happened? It said as a rushing mighty wind came in and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and it said it was like tongues of fire on the head of each one of them. What happened? They were baptized with Holy Ghost and fire. You see, when you come into his presence, it will light your fire. Now, look at the disciples. They turned the world upside down. You know, even even the people around them said, these are unlearned and ignorant men. I'd like to have that label. Unlearned and ignorant men. Here they come. Unlearned and ignorant men. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But then he says, but we can tell they've been with Jesus. So I can tell who you've been with. By what's flowing in and out of your life. I can tell. And my wife can tell if I've been with Jesus enough or not. (laughs) Shake your head yes. (laughs) You, you need to, you need to get with Jesus because see it's impossible to to be close to something and not be changed by it whether good or bad so so we in this day that we're living in we have to keep our focus on above and we have to make coming close to him a priority and allow it to change us 
Let's go to James 4, 8. We are instruments of revival. And if we're going to be instruments of revival, close communion with God must be a priority. I want to start in verse 4. I wasn't, but I think I'm supposed to now. No, I'm supposed to. And I'm going to let the word and just... Sometimes as a pastor, you, you don't need to really say anything. You just, you just let the word, just let it fall where it will, you know, and just let, let the Holy Spirit do the work, you know. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, you are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes a stand as an enemy of God. Okay, I think we need to go home after that one. Just, just, just meditate on that. Just think about it. And these are written, you know, what did it start off saying? Mm, it's, it's, it's to the servants. It's to, to the brethren. This is Jesus' half-brother writing to the church in Jerusalem. <laughs> so he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. And what does he tell them? He goes, if you're a, you're a, uh, know not that being the world's friend is being God's enemy. So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes a stand as an enemy of God. Man, I don't want to be on that side. He goes, or do you suggest that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. Meaning God doesn't want, God doesn't want anything competing. God doesn't want any, he doesn't want anything competing with him. He, he doesn't want any, anything competing. He, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want anything between you and him. I know this is hard this morning. I know this is, this is heavy this morning, but understand God is trying to get his best to you. God's trying to, to trying for, he's trying to get the church to operate in the fullness of all that he is. And that's what he's saying. He goes, he goes, don't you think that I yearn over you with a jealous love? You know, if I got really got a picture of my life, especially the early years of my life when God was a priority and then this week and next week he wasn't a priority. And if you can get an idea about, about God being jealous of what you are entertaining. What you're entertaining. God's just... He's like, I don't want anything between me and you, Ashley. That's what I hear. He yearns, what a strong word. He yearns over us with a jealous love. You ever been jealous before? Thank you for the few that shook their heads. What is, what is that? It feels horrible. You're always questioning things. You're, no, I'm not saying God does this. God's not, he's, he, he's not that way. It's trying to give us a perspective. You've been jealous before. And it can be tormenting. And God's not tormented. God, but I want you to see, he compares it to that. 
If you are naturally jealous, God is, has jealousy. God is jealous. When there's something that you choose over him, he yearns over you with a jealous love. And it's not that he's going to turn his back on you. It's not that that he's going to forsake you in any way. It's just letting us into the heartbeat of the Father when it it comes to things that we prioritize in our life. Okay, I'll get off that. Let's look at the next verse. What's the next verse tell us? It says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore he's, but he gives more grace, more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all the others fully. That is why he says, God, God sets himself against the proud and the haughty, but he gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God and resist the devil. Stand against him and he'll flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Recognize that you're sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you've been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interests and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. As you draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieve, even weep over the disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned into grief and your, and your mirth into dejection and heartfelt shame for your sins. But then he says, our response is humble ourselves, humble yourself. This is our response to this. Humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord and what he will exalt you and he will lift you up and make your life significant. Now, there's so many things I could I could say within these verses, but I, w- I want to stick for the rest of our time just in, in four, eight. What does he say? Come close to me and he will come close to you. And the King James says, cleanse your hands. You sinners. And purify your hearts. You double minded. Cleanse your hands. Now, this is something that we know a lot about this year. Cleanse our hands. <laughs> you know, everyone's got hand sanitizer. <laughs> do you have that? Do you have that spray, or is that in your car? <laughs> oh, she has this spray, and it smells just like the Polynesian Resort at Disneyland. It smells so good. <laughs> anyway, side note: Let's <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie, for laughing at my jokes. But but cleanse your hands. Now, let's just break this down for a second. If I'm going to cleanse my hands, what? then it must have been, I must have been holding on to something yesterday or in the past. I, I, see that, I can see this in two ways. One, I, I can see it from the standpoint of, of things you held on to yesterday. What have you held so tightly to? What have you, you gripped on so tightly to? Has it been success? Has it been a relationship? Has it been money? Has it been um, status? Has it been ministry? Has it been serving? What have you tried to hold on to so tightly? I remember what Or Roberts would say, said years ago, and it said, what you compromise to keep, you lose. You're so trying to hold on to these things that, that you forget about the important things, and because of it, you lose the very thing you think you should have. So is it, it is cleansing our hands from things we maybe held on to yesterday? 
And another thing I wrote down is maybe it's the things that you're currently holding on to. You know, I got a picture when I was praying over this. I just got a picture. How many people love to do laundry? I know there might be somebody in here that just loves to do laundry. I don't, but... You have that, you know, I, I like doing laundry if it's towels. I, I don't mind doing towels because, you know, you can only fit so many towels in the laundry. And you just have towels and you fold the towels and, and, it, and it's over. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the dishwasher. It's like, I, I, I like, I like, you know, we'd have arguments, my sister and I on, and, and I'd be like, well, I'll do the plates and the bowls because they're big. But the silverware, I hated it because it was so many little things, so many little things. And. And so I got the picture of, of the praying over this, that, that we're kind of like that person that's doing laundry and it was a laundry that had 3000 pairs of socks and all these little things. And, and you take it out of the dryer and, and you're, and you, you try to, you know, as a man, you don't want to make two trips. You don't want to go back. So it's like you're gathering them all together and you pick them up and then you see one there and you're trying to pick it up. And then you're on this side and you're trying to pick it up. And then, and you're like, oh, I forgot one. And, and you turn, oh, there's one there. And you're, you're, you're trying to hold on to all these things. You're trying to hold all these things and, and you're so worried about these things. And so I can't drop that. And I, and I can't got, got drop that. And, 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 but this is what I kind of see us have the, the tendency to being that, that is not just cleansing our hands from things we held on to yesterday, but what are the things that we're trying to hold on to today? Cleanse your hands. Meaning, meaning God wants our hands to be free. See, if you're holding on to so many things that you want to hold on to, you can't hold the things that he wants to put in your hand. You, you can't hold on to the things that are of value. You can't hold on to the things that, that, that God wants you to hold on to. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And he says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, let me read this in the Amplified, how it says it here. It says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Recognize that you're sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you've been disloyal. And then, what does it say? Wavering individuals with divided interests. Can you repeat that after me? Wavering individuals with divided interests. Wavering individuals with divided interests. Man, this is me early on in my Christian walk. I mean, yeah, I, I love God, yeah, but yet I had divided interests. That's what it, cleanse your hands you sin, and purify your hearts. See, everything decision you make is going to come from a heart decision. What does Solomon tell us in Proverbs 4? He says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because see, it's out of that heart flows all the issues of life. So guard it, protect it. And so what does he say here? He goes, purify your hearts. And what does what he call it that you double-minded? What is he saying? Stop having divided interests. Stop making, making God a priority and making this a priority.
Go to, go to Mark chapter 4. I'll go on. Divided interests. I, I, wanna, I want you to see what this looks like. Mark chapter 4. Now, this is, you know, the parable that the sower sows the word. And we know the, the soil that he's dealing with is not necessarily natural ground, but it's dealing with the heart. But I just want to, I want to key on verse 19. In the Amplified, it says, Then the cares and the anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasures and delight and false glamour and the deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desires for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. Now remember, the word being sown into the heart is to bring forth fruit in our lives, correct? But he says this particular ground, they said because of the anxiety is because of divided interests. Because of all these things, what happens? The, what happens? These things come on, and what happens? They suffocate the word. Now, if we look at our heart as this, and our heart has been set on fire by the glory of God, we've we've come near to God, and God lit our fire. He he called us to. He actually did something that put us on track for our purpose. See, the candle will never fulfill its purpose and let, unless a fire lit it. And it's saying that you'll never fulfill your purpose if you don't get close to God. But if we're not careful and we, we, we have divided interests, what happens is it, it suffocates the fire. And what happens is the instrument of revival is no longer, is going to lose its effectiveness. So when we have so many different things in our heart, it will suffocate our purpose. See, drawing near to God and him drawing near to us, that's a priority. This is a priority. But we have to understand is we can't be holding on to everything we've always held on to. And we can't continue and allow the cares of this life and all that's in the world to to come on the inside of us. What's going to happen is going to suffocate the fire in our lives. Pure heart. Pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. Please hear me. This isn't a trying to earn some sort of place with God. It's just about taking your place with God. It's about dwelling in the secret place. It's about abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'm telling you, the things that we're holding on to and the things that are filling our hearts are keeping us from being the people of God that he's destined us to be. Pure heart. In Matthew chapter 5, I think it might be verse 8. What does he say? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wow, Corey. Blessed 
are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. You see, it's not about God trying to keep anything from me. It's about me being able to see him. It's about me being consumed with him. Blessed, empowered to prosper. Blessed, empowered to prosper are those that have pure hearts for they shall see God. Do you want to see God? Man, I want to see God. Lift your hands. You want to see God. I want to see God work in my life. I, I want to see God move through my life. See, this, this cleansing your hands and purifying your heart has nothing to do with God trying to keep you from fun or keep you from anything. It's all about him wanting you to see him. The only thing that keeps us from seeing the fullness of who he is are the things that we allow in the way. You know, here in Cassie, you know, she was saying that we, you know, we have to walk in this blessing. And it, it, like I said, it, it's not about, it's not necessarily all about, hear me, it's not about all the exterior things or that we can see. It, it's, those are just the outflow of that relationship. See the, you know, years ago, or I think it was Creflo Dollar, different ones heard it. You know, the object or the, you know, the car isn't the blessing. The car is the fruit to the root. I mean, it's the, it's the root. The, the thing that you see in my life is the outside. That's just the, that's just the outflow. That's just the, um, the, the, the fulfillment of what the root's like. And so often we're trying to have fruit without a root. We're wanting fruit and all these different things we can see in our lives. But God's just saying, I just want you to see me. See me. Let's go to Psalms 24 and I'll close with this. You see, if I can't see God, I have nothing to put my faith in. If I can't see it in the word and I can't see it in his nature or his character, I have nothing to put my faith in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 24. Verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they who dwell in it. For he hath founded it upon the seas and he established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? A sign from heaven. And I heard, I heard that, Lord. I heard that, Lord. For he hath founded upon the seas and he established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? Walter. So he's asking a question, who's, who's the one that can climb up that mountain? Who's that one that can stand in the holy place? And what does it say? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive. 
Who shall? He shall. Well, who's the he? The one that has clean hands and a pure heart. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully. What does that mean? It means a person that's not trying to do it on his own. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. We talk about the blessing. We sing about the blessing. But as we to walk in the blessing. I'm talking about walking it out. The blessing is ours. But I'm talking about walking out this every day of our life. It's he who has clean hands and a pure heart said he shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. The word blessing here means prosperity and good of every kind. The word righteous means aid extended to them or victory, which is bestowed. So he that has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted its soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall. Receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now listen to this, verse 6. This is the generation. This is the generation. This is the generation. This is the generation. See, he's not talking about something currently. He's looking to something in the future. This is the generation. Who has a clean hand and a pure heart? He was a clean hand and a pure heart. That man, those people shall receive the blessing of the Lord and the righteousness from God, his salvation. This is the generation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. See, it goes back to what are you coming close to? So this, I don't know about you, but I want to be that generation, that generation. You see, the whole point of having clean hands and a pure heart is The thing is, is you can't seek him if you're distracted and your hands are filled with so many other things. So the point is not you about you being good enough. The point is, are you free to seek him? Or do you have divided interests? Are you free to seek him? Are you trying to hold on to too many things? Please hear me. This isn't about you becoming good in yourself, but this is all about getting free So you can be this generation, this generation. This is the generation that shall seek him, seek thy face. The Amplified says, this is the generation, the description of those who seek him, who inquire of and for him necessity requiring him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. It says, pause and think of that. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Father, I deliver this word exactly how I believe you instructed me to this morning. And Father, I thank you that signs and wonders follow the word preached. Father, I thank you for the encouragement that comes from the word. I thank you for the conviction that comes from the word.
As we came here today, Father, we, we came to not just do our religious duty, but we came here to draw near to you. As we already learned, it's impossible to come near to you and not be changed by you. Father, our desire is to be that generation, that generation, that generation. This is the generation that seeks the Lord. Who's that generation? The ones with clean hands and a pure heart. say, Pastor Justin, I want to be that generation. I want to be that generation that Psalms 24 is talking about. If that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are. What about you? I want to be that generation. Thank you. As Joseph plays, you see, this is a personal decision. It's not something necessarily you come to the altar for. I don't have that in my, I don't, I'm not being led to do that. See, this is a personal decision. It's something that, that is not just for this moment. It's not just something that you do in this, these few minutes here. It's, it's what you do on Monday morning. It's what you do on Monday night when you go to bed and Tuesday morning when you wake up and Tuesday night when you go to bed. This is, this is something that we constantly have to continue to cultivate in our lives. Because we desire to be those instruments of revival, but we believe what Dr. Savell said. It said that, 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 you know, we will not be instruments of revival if close communion with God doesn't become a priority. So today, Father, we come close. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Justin, I've been holding on to hurt. I've been holding on to my past. I've been holding on to so many things. I've been holding on to even what my life looks like and what I portray to other people. And I'm trying to keep all these balls in the air and I'm trying to juggle everything and I'm trying to be everything everyone wants me to be and and, and all that. And I just can't do it anymore. If that's you, just... Just release, release those things, release those things to him, release those things to him. Cause see, he, it says there after that, it says, if we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he exalts us. So it's when we let go and it's when we get rid of the distractions and see, that's the step of humility. The step of humility isn't in being perfect. The step of humility is saying, Scott, I'm going to let go of the things I'm holding on to. I'm going to let go of the things that have been distractions in my heart. I'm going to let those things go because it's in that father. I know that you lift me up. I know that you lift me higher. We release every distraction. As Hebrews says, we release every weight and sin that so easily besets us. We lay aside those things, those things that are keeping us from close communion with you. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. If there's sin that no one else knows about, just release that to God. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to him, he's just and faithful to forgive of our sins and cleanse us, cleanse us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They say, well, pastor, I can't come to God right now. I've just been too, I've had too many things going on. I've, I've, I've got these things in my life. God knows what you have in your life. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Thank you, Father. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, another way to see that this morning is we close. Blessed are the pure in heart. You could say it this way. Blessed are those that have one pursuit. Blessed are those that have one pursuit for they shall see God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hearts being healed. Hearts being healed from past hurts. repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I come close to you today. I have clean hands and I have a pure heart. I have one pursuit and that's you. Thank you. Thank you for restoring my life, making me new. In Jesus' name. thing. I want you to mind you of this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God. I don't want you to leave here heavy today. I want you to leave here free today. We are free because the sun set us free. We will not be cast down by anything that's going on in our world around us. Why? Because we hope in God. If you believe that, give him a shout of praise. Amen. Pastor.